Welcome to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast, the podcast for serious soccer players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their soccer careers. And now, here's your host, Matt Langoni. Welcome to another episode of New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Today I'll be joined by Southern New Hampshire University men's soccer head coach Josh Taylor, who is now in his eighth season at the helm for the Penman. Hey, Josh, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. I know you had a, a game uh, last night uh, before our re- recording here, so it's been a, a quick turnaround for you, but we really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to spend some time talking about a bunch of stuff today, talk about your program, uh, the recent success you've had, uh, the Division Two landscape as a whole, and the kind of the movement of programs within the region. But let's just start with where your team is at right now, early in the season here in you know, early September. Um, how are things coming together? How do, do, do you like what you see from the guys? Yeah, no, I, um, you know, after any preseason, it's, it's, they can be hard days and long days, but, uh, you know, they worked hard and, uh, everyone came in relatively fit, which is a great start. And, um, you know, we had some really competitive matches against some local division ones, the Dartmouth and Merrimack, and we played Kobe Sawyer as well, a division three school. So, um, so yeah, no, it was, we have a big roster, about 30 guys. It's a little over 30 guys. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of that in most, most schools, especially with, uh, the, the, the COVID year. Um, so we got to kind of see that out, but, uh, no, we feel good. Obviously, uh, wanted a different result yesterday, but, uh, post is a super competitive program and, and Teddy does a phenomenal job there. So, um, but we had a tough one again on uh, Saturday, we got to travel to Adelphi and they've been, a you know, one of the traditionally a tough program in our conference. So it doesn't get any easier. Now you guys are coming off an 11, six and one campaign last fall, another solid season, I uh, believe Northeast 10 tournament semifinals. It's been a pretty good run since you've been there, um, took over as head coach in, in 2015, what have been the keys to building this program into one of the uh, the stronger Division Two programs in New England? Yeah, I think it's just a it's a for a long time before I was even here. Just traditionally, it's a it's just been a, a Division Two um, top level program. Uh, it's been a very heavy international flair to it. Uh, way before like my my time here, uh, there's a lot of dedicated alumni. Um, there's two alumni right down the hall, uh, that coach the, the women's side, Ellie and Jamie. So, uh, it's just been traditionally a really strong program. I just view it as a privilege to be here and just want to work hard every day and, and kind of honor, you know, the past alumni and coaches and, um, you know, really, I got my start with uh, Mark Hubbard, who's the UNH head coach now, and I really owe a lot, lot to him, and and learned a lot from him. So it's just trying to keep, kind of keep the train going, and uh, just trying to compete every day and come with the same mentality. I noticed so far this year through three games, I think you've only allowed one goal. Um, very strong defensively. What's kind of your mo as a coach? How do you like to build the roster? Um, what what things do you prioritize for the program? Yeah. At the the number one thing is I want a good person, uh, you know, a good character, uh, someone that has a good personality, easy to be around, but someone's going to work hard and, and really kind of, you know, everyone has individual goals. I have them, my team has them, but you got to kind of put them aside and really, 
you know, make sure you're focusing on the team. So character is, is really number one and a good personality. And then obviously we're looking for good technical players and um, you know, guys that are skilled on the ball and, and accept pressure and, and are coachable. So uh, that's really from, you know, our, our defenders all the way up to our forwards. We, we really want players that are comfortable with the ball. You mentioned you had some uh, preseason matches against some division one teams. Um, how do you guys typically stack up in those matches? I know they're preseason, so you know coaches are trying to work out some things and 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 kind of sort through some things. It's not necessarily uh, the top product either. Of you were probably throwing out there, but how do you stack up in those matches? Yeah, no, they're very competitive. Um, you know, where you know you got the chip on your shoulder as a Division two program and going up against Division one. A lot of these. Uh, a lot of our players were looking at either those schools or division one programs and still decided on us. Um, so there's always that, like, like I said, a little chip on our shoulder and, and we've known Merrimack for a while. Cause obviously they were in our conference for a little bit and we've had a great, uh, you know, preseason setup with Dartmouth with uh, coach Bo and Chad before him. So it's just a, you know, a different level. They're different athletes, different, you know, teams. So it really gets us in the right frame of mind come, come our regular season. So they're always competitive. You know, we win some, we lose some, a lot of results, a lot of ties, but um, it, it's, it's, it's exactly what we're looking for out of preseason. That kind of segues to, to an interesting element to division two soccer in new England. You mentioned Merrimack, former Northeast 10 team, now division one uh, Stonehill, now division one, former Northeast 10 UMass Lowell going back a little further. Uh, that's three who have left the conference. What what impacts has that had on the league? You know, seeing those those teams leave, and um, you know, does it uh, does it create any chaotic uh, remnants after they leave, or what, what's kind of like the the structure of the league now that those those teams have left? Yeah, no, it's. Um... You know, it's more the scheduling because uh, sometimes the timing's not not great. You know, selfishly for us, you know, I think the Stonehill one was just I want to say six to eight weeks ago. So you're kind of scrambling a little bit to find a game. Um, so, like for example, we were supposed to play Stonehill at home, and now we're on the road to Mercy, which is a uh, overnight on a Wednesday. So playing at like twelve o'clock. So on a Wednesday. So. That's really the trickle down. Um, you know, it doesn't change too much of us. It's just you you want a strong conference, you want strong teams, and those Merrimack, Lowell, Stonehill have all been strong programs and good programs, good coaches. So again, you want the strongest conference possible, because uh, that's gonna help when it comes to NCAA bids and strength of schedule and things like that. So, you know, I, I, like I said, it's more a scheduling chaotic piece. You know, the earlier the better, but obviously a lot of things out of our control. Are these things that you hear, I mean, it's funny, we had um, Stonehill coach Jim Reddish on the podcast a few weeks back, and he, he admitted that, like, the, the switch to Division One like, snuck up on him. And he's, been, yeah. you know, he's been affiliated with that, that school, university, and that program for a long time. It's kind of just the, the rapid changes that happen in college athletics. Uh, do you often hear, like, whispers from other programs oh we're trying to move up to division one is that like a, a common topic in conversations you have with division two people yeah, yeah no definitely there's always rumor mill and gossip and all that <laughs> stuff we gossip with like the best of them you're you're watching a game and uh you're recruiting and you know something pops up hey did you hear this or or whatnot so yeah we gossip like like everybody. So <laughs> definitely we've always heard rumblings of different programs, whether it comes to fruition, you just don't know. Um, you know, again, kind of control, you can control, but 
definitely, if you have your ears to the ground, you'll, you'll usually hear something. Does it make you at all, I'm, I'm sad might be too strong of a word, but do you get kind of um, bummed out that when, when teams like, you know, cause they're kind of rivals after a certain point, like teams like Merrimack and you, Lowell, I mean, you guys aren't separated by many miles. So when you see those teams leave, does it bum you out a little bit or are you just kind of focused on what's going on with you guys? Yeah, a little bit of both, you know, like uh, for a long time when I was an assistant, like Merrimack, Snoo was a big one. We always saw each other in the NE10 finals. Same thing with Lowell. And I grew up playing with their old coach, Christian Figueroa. So, uh, so yeah, like, you know, like I said, we played together when we were 14, 15 years old. Of course, there's a little rivalry and whatnot, and we want to succeed and, and go at each other. So, yeah, there's a little bit of that, but it's also, look, there's nothing I can do about it. It's just kind of focus on what we can do and, and try to schedule a game as quick as possible, as quick as possible, because everybody else is trying to do the same. I want to ask you a kind of a two-part question, what, kind of what are the biggest hardships about being a Division II program, but then on the flip side of that, what are kind of the advantages of being a Division II program? But we'll start with start with the hardest elements of that. Um, you know, it's still it's high level soccer, and you mentioned a, a lot of these programs recruit more internationally than than um, you know maybe the Division One or some even the Division Three programs recruit. So, is recruiting the biggest difficulty, or what would you kind of how would you if there's a power rankings of hardships for Division Two? Yeah, no, I mean recruiting is always the lifeline of a successful program. So. You know, if you're a good recruiter, you're going to have a good program and, uh, you know, you're going to be competitive at the end of the day. So, uh, yeah, definitely. There's always that, you know, players have that division one dream and sometimes they see it more as the avenue to potentially go the professional route. Um, you know, I always say, look, it's hard to go become a professional athlete. Uh, you need the the right set of eyes. The timing has to be right. You have to hear no a lot and then just, you know, that right coach likes you or that right technical director likes you. So, um, you know, we always sell the experience and, uh, you know, the total package, what facilities you want to play in. We're in a, you know, beautiful stadium and we have a great campus. So we kind of sell that, but yeah, there's definitely that hurdle of like, Hey, I coach, I, I just want to play division one. And, uh, and I say, Hey, look, look, it always comes down to the experience. So I would say that's the, the, the biggest hurdle to get over. But usually when we get a kid on campus, uh, you know, and their parents, like they see everything and, uh, you know, really soak it in, something clicks too. And they say, hey, this is where I can see myself and where I want to associate with. So right. it's really about just showing them around, showing them the campus. I don't know if you agree with this, but I've always, I've always thought that the D2 coaches, you guys, it's a, it's hard work. I mean, it, it's it's funny because there's not as many Division II programs in the country as there are as D1 no. or, or D3. I mean, in, in the number dwindles, but you, it's it, we mentioned how high the, the quality of soccer is. You guys have a hard job. And uh, is it, for you, is it ever... Uh, is it ever overly stressful? I mean, are you are you just <laughs> enjoying it so much because you've been doing it for so long? But how, what's the stress level of this job? Well, if we interviewed last night, it was pretty high. <laughs> um, so no, there's, I, I think everybody, whether I, you know, I was a division three athlete. I went to new England college and played under uh, Dave DQ. He's the AD there now. Um, everything's different. Every school program has their positives and negatives. So, um, so yeah, there's definitely stressful days. Uh, I have two little girls that I love very much that take that stress away and add different stress, stress, you know, parents <laughs> stress, but, um, 
you know, it is what it is. I, you know, I, I always say I'd rather be on the field. I'd rather be watching games, recruiting, uh, nothing against anyone working at a cubicle and a shirt and tie every day. Um, you know, that's how I kind of bring myself back and just be like, man, I, I just love this game and I love being a part of it. I love being part of a team. Um, so yeah, is days hard? Yes. Uh, are there great days? Of course, you know, there's way more great days than bad days. So, you know, it's sports losing is part of it. Um, injuries, all that type of stuff is a part of it, but you just kind of have to go back and be a kid again and, and go, Hey, this is why I got into it. So, uh, I think it's hard, all jobs, division one, two, three, NAIA, everyone has different problems. Um, but it's just, you know, work hard. Things will happen the way they're supposed to be. You're right. That parent stress is no joke. I mean, that's... No, no joke. Never, I have two little girls. Yeah. I have an eight-year-old and a five-year-old who just started <laughs> kindergarten. So, uh, yeah, it's totally different. I'm on the road, you know, on our way back home. My wife sends me a text. They're in already Halloween pajamas. So, stress. <laughs> on different, September 8th. Different yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. So, it is what it is. It's it's life and, and you got to do it with a smile at the end of the day and don't get too low. Don't get too high. Just Just try to live in the moment. Uh, on the flip side of that, I guess, what, what are the best parts about coaching at the Division II level? I love the, 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 the diversity in the, in the locker room. Uh, I mean, we have players from all over. We have players all different ages. Uh, we have all players from different color, race, uh, religion, whatever you want to say. Like, we, we got it all. And uh, I think that's one of the coolest as- aspects of, of a locker room. And um you know, you get to just interact with different players and different co- coaches and, and it's just, it's unique. It's very unique. Uh, you know, where, in, when I went to new England college, it was a lot of guys from new England and, um, uh, and there was nothing wrong with that. I still talk to those guys today and I loved my experience, but it's definitely different in that division two atmosphere. And, and there's some division ones that have a lot of international students, but I definitely like that, you know, walking into the locker room and it's a different set of music I might've listened to, or, Hey, somebody might be off to the side praying. You like things like that. You got to consider. Uh, I definitely enjoy that aspect of just different walks of life. How would you describe kind of the state of, of division two athletics or division two soccer is what you're invested in, obviously, but even as a whole, cause it's such that interesting thing where even the programs would love to have that cachet of being a division one program. The players are chasing being division one players, like you mentioned, which is hard, hard in recruiting to kind of sell them on uh, okay, this is still high level. It might not be division one, but this is great soccer. What's like the state of the, of the division as a whole, do you think? Is it, is it healthy? Is it, is it, is it getting more difficult? Is it the same as it's ever been or? Yeah, I think, um, I think COVID kind of threw a wrench in everything and everybody's lives just in general. So I think we got to kind of see out this COVID wave and, and the post COVID more whatever you want to call it. Um, so yeah, anytime programs are leaving, I don't, that's not a good thing. Uh, if it's like, Hey, we lose one, add one. That's, that's another thing. But, uh, I know we've added a few in the ECC conference over the years, but you know, our conference hasn't added anything, uh, any program since Adelphi. So, you know, the hope is that we can add some programs, um, you know, it is tricky because there's not a lot of uh, programs across the country. Even if you look at the NCAA tournament, we're the only tournament that has different brackets, you know. So we have a lot in the East region. So there's more teams. But if you go down south or Midwest, like there might be only four teams that get in. It's not as like standard win and move on, win and move on. It's like this team gets a buy, this team gets a buy all the way to the Sweet 16. So it's not just, uh, you know, uh, 
set in stone. So, so it's, uh, I think it's healthy, you know, we're playing games. That's, that's most important, but uh, you know, I'd like to see some more, more programs join and, and, and strengthen it a bit. On the plus side, you happen to be in a, in a really good league in, you know, a, a very solid area of the country to be playing division two soccer, new England's soccer journals. The goal will return after this. Hey, here's a great new idea in fundraising soccer heads, new England comedy fundraisers. This is better than a stand-up show. It's an event that your community will never forget. You'll get soccer-themed comedy with Paul Nardizzi, who has been on Conan O'Brien, and Nesson Comedy All-Stars, along with Dave Radigan from Serious Radio Comedy, and Jim Roberti. There will also be giveaways and all sorts of extras. Want to make money for your soccer club and have fun while doing it? Email the guys at SoccerHeadsNewEngland at gmail.com. That's SoccerHeadsNewEngland at gmail.com. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. Looking to keep up with all the latest news and information on New England soccer? New England Soccer Journal and AnySoccerJournal.com are the premier resources for information and inspiration on the New England soccer scene. Have every issue of New England Soccer Journal, the magazine, delivered to your home or office. And don't forget to stay in the game every day with a digital subscription to AnySoccerJournal.com to receive soccer coverage on clubs, college commits, prep and high school, division one, two, and three colleges, showcases, rankings, and so much more. Get in the game and behind the scenes now by going to anysoccerjournal.com. Just click on the subscribe button and start the subscription that is right for you today. New England Soccer Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful. What's the state of the Northeast 10 right now? Is it still as good as ever? I know Franklin Pierce is still a power. I know you have other powers in, in the region and, and beyond. So what's the state of the Northeast 10? Yeah, I, I always, you know, in recruiting, I always say if you this is the strongest uh, conference in the country, at least top three every single year. Um, there's so many teams. I mean, every match is competitive. Uh, of course, there's a game here or there. A team can run away with it, but... Again, you can just go down the line of Franklin Pierce, Adelphi, Lemoyne, uh, Bentley's off to a good start. So, I mean, our conference as a whole in the last week or two is off to a really good start. So, um, you know, any every every school gives a challenge, uh, whether it's a different field, a grass field, no locker room, have a locker room. So everyone has a challenge. And uh, I just feel confident that our, our conference is one of the top ones out there. And again, we, we lost to a CACC you know, program last night, they're, they're just as strong. I know Bridgeport moved over. So, uh, you know, I just think the East in general is one of the, you know, a tough, tough conference to get through, uh, every week you're in a, you know, in a battle and a tight match. So, um, I don't think that's can be said across the country. 
What do you attribute that to in the East? Is it just a, a fertile ground for recruiting, just a lot of talent in the area that you guys can dip into? Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good question. It's not like we play year round, you know, like right. out West, you, you're always playing. Uh, you know, I'm not really sure. It's just, I think there's a good amount of programs. I think there's a good amount of schools that put the resources in those programs to be successful and compete. So I think it's a little bit of everything. Uh, I think the recruiting and the the youth landscape as uh, it changes, I feel like <laughs> weekly sometimes or year <laughs> annually, but um I think it's just the the youth setup uh, across the country now is just way better than when I was when I was playing. So uh, I think it's just a lot of factors. But um, you know, like I said, I feel confident with about the East region. What is it about Franklin Pierce that's made it such a strong program over the course of of you know the last uh, several years? Really, I mean, last yeah, year no. another great season. Yeah, yeah, I think it's similar to to Southern New Hampshire, uh, Southern Connecticut. There's just a tradition there that's been there way before myself and uh i know ruben really well coach ruben uh i coached uh i coached him as an assistant i coached with him in uh 2014 he was on the staff for for a brief moment before he took over dean so um you know he he gets he gets it you know he knows how to win he was a unbelievable player and all American here. He's been a part of a good program. So uh, he's seen what Franklin Pierce can do. So he, the moment he got there, he hit the ground running and he knew exactly what he needed to, to be successful. And he's, uh, you know, as a former coach of his, you know, I, I can't be more proud. Obviously I don't, the, the game is always tight and he does a great job, but uh, you know, as a, as a former coach, I couldn't be more proud of what he's done and he's doing a great job and um, he'll continue to do a great job. In terms of your program over the last uh, five, six, seven years, have you seen, I mean, have, have facilities increased? Have you, have you just, have you guys just done a better job with, with what you're offering to the players? I mean, how has everything changed in your program over the last five, six years? Yeah. So I'm, I'm sitting in a pretty much a brand new uh, uh, stadium. Um, You know, our old field Larkin was still a beautiful place and a great, lot of great memories there. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think just colleges in general, whether it's American football and I've seen some unbelievable soccer facilities at colleges, it, it, it is a game changer in a way. Like I said, you take a kid on campus, a recruit and his parents and they see it and college is expensive and, you know, they're getting more bang for their buck and things like that. So definitely, I, I think just as a whole, you know, just there's so many schools investing in athletics and facilities and uh, the campus. And that's a, that's a good thing. And hopefully it continues. What have you particularly liked about your team so far this year? I mean, coming in, what areas did you feel like you would be strong in and uh, has anything surprised you about what, what you've been able to do, even though it's only been, you know, a few games so far? Yeah, I think we're still figuring it out. Um, there we had, I think it was like 11 new players, 12 new players, a good amount of returners. Again, we're trying to got to see out guys that have COVID years and, and things like that. So um, I think we're just still trying to figure out, seeing what works best, what combinations of players work best. Uh, at the end of the day, to me, it's all about how you approach a game and your preparation. And most importantly, your mentality, you got to kind of have that that fire and it's got to be internal and you got to want it more than the other team. And tactics play a role your technical ability play a role but if you don't have that that fire right away it's it's gonna be a long day and you got because the other team does and the other team wants to win just as bad as you so uh you know it's it's kind of building that that culture and make sure guys are bought in and so it takes time and uh you know we'll just keep grinding grinding every day 
what are these discussions like with players with this extra year of eligibility um, coming because of COVID? Uh, you know, it, like you mentioned, it really just fills up the roster, and, and you, you mentioned you have about thirty guys on the team this year. That that can create some log jams, I'd imagine, and, and playing time can be maybe you know scarce for some people. So, what are those conversations like with players when you're trying to decide if they should come back or what the situation is for the future? Yeah, no, I always look. I, I always tell them when we have our individual meetings is. If you want to come back, come back because you only go to college once. It's the best years of your life and kind of stay in the college bubble as long as possible <laughs> before life and dogs and family and jobs <laughs> all kind of hit hit you uh, head on. So stay in the bubble as long as possible because again, I wouldn't trade much, but I would uh I would go back in a heartbeat to to be a college athlete again and just, you know, go back. So uh, I always say you're always welcome back. We will make it work and uh, just so you can enjoy it. So it's more the, you know, the trickiness of, yeah, I want to play. And what if it's a player that's really not seeing a lot of time and will he come back and you're trying to re- recruit for a potential replacement or not. So that's why you got, you got those heavier rosters because we, we do have a competitive spring and, you know, we play UNH, we play Dartmouth, we play Merrimack, Northeastern. Those are tough programs and well-coached, and we want to compete. So uh, it's a great opportunity for others to play. Um, but if guys are, like, leaving us, you don't want to have a, a low roster number. So it's just trying to think ahead, be a little bit more forward-thinking. It's funny. My 10-year-old son is always in this, like, rush. He's like, I, I want to I get a job. I want to make some money. I'm like, dude – Enjoy what you're doing now. Yeah. You're 10. Like your biggest yeah. question mark is where you're going to ride your bike. Like I, you, you don't need to be rushing. It's it's crazy. You don't realize how great that bubble of youth is until you totally. get out of it. <laughs> totally. Totally. No, it's the, it really is the best years of your life. And uh, just enjoy the experience. Don't get too stressed out. We all have stresses, but really you can – it's one of the few times you can sit around and play FIFA all day and be fine with it, you know, like and not have any other stresses. So, like, oh, man. I, I really say enjoy it. Just enjoy the experience. I'm getting sweet memories of dorm life and just leaving the door open and playing Madden for like seven yeah. hours, and just whoever comes in the room comes. In the room. Totally, no, we had a we, I, hey, we had a big FIFA leaderboard, and uh, <laughs> you came in, you went on the board. You know, I would like to say I was always the top of the board, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I said, it's all about the experience. Look, I only get two hours a day with the with the team. So there's another 22 hours in the day. So you better, when you choose a school, enjoy everything. The you know the food, you eat that every day. So you got to make sure you enjoy the food and you know walking around your relationship with professors and your teammates and you know non athletes too. That that plays a big part. So it, it really is a total package. I always say, don't choose a school solely on soccer or solely on the coach. Choose it because you love the area. You love everything about it. I might choose one just based on food now that you mention it. <laughs> Cafeteria totally. is hey, always a big deal. It's the one thing you do every day, right. you know, so it better be good. <laughs> what are the main uh, objectives for you guys this season? Uh, kind of what's the potential? We're only, like we said, early, early September, so you get a couple months to go before you get to that postseason. But what would you like to see over the next two months? Yeah, I mean, this, you know, when I got hired, when I got here in, in 08, you know, it was immediate, you know, what's the standard here and, and what has been done here. And that's why I always say it was a it's a privilege to be here and what we compete for. And, you know, being in the conversation in the national, you know, tournament is, is really the ultimate goal. And anything can happen during that time. But 
there's so many steps to get there. And if you don't just focus on this weekend and that's all you can control, then you're never going to be playing in November or, or early December. So really it's just try to focus on Adelphi, really focus on today. We need to recover and the guys who didn't play need to have a good session. So, uh, you know, but as a whole, you know, the standard here is really high and, and what we want to accomplish is, is a lofty goal, but uh, I always go back to the tradition here and, and what we're trying to achieve. So uh, like I said, it's a privilege to be here and uh, you know, I look forward to working hard every day. Is there a season since you've been at SNHU that, uh, that sticks out that was more, you know, more memorable than maybe the others? Do you have one? Yeah, I would say the 2013 team was uh, the year we won it. And, uh, you know, things came together. And, uh, you know, again, Mark Hubbard was the leader of the program. And uh, it, we worked so hard. And uh, Rich Weinribby, who's now the uh, head coach at Northeastern, was on staff, too. So it, was, it, it made coming to work really enjoyable. We had a great coaching staff. And uh, the players – uh, gave everything they had. We got a, you know, a bounce here and there. That's what happens. But, um, you know, ironically we lost the post and, uh, we never lost again. So, um, you know, there was a lot of motivation that year and we had, uh, you know, a team impact player, Ryan mentor, uh, who had an issue with tumors. And so, you know, everything kind of connected. So that, that year will, will always be one of the favorite, my favorite years of my life. My wife was pregnant at the time. So, um, yeah, we'll always be be really special, and uh, it's great to look back on. And I still talk to Mark Hubbard and Rich every single day, I feel like, just to connect. And it was just a special group of players, special group of staff, support staff. So that will always be one of the highlights of my career and my, my life, honestly. That's a heck of a New England coaching tree, you, Rich, and, and Mark. I mean, all, all head coaches right now. Yeah, no, I mean, it even goes back further. I mean, when I first got here, it was uh, Rob Dow, who's the head coach at, yep. at UVM. And, uh, you know, I was just a kid out of uh, New England College trying to find my way and, you know, find what I want to do with my life. I knew I wanted to be in soccer, uh, you know, and coaching was a great avenue to do it. So I was in an office as a volunteer, um, you know, with Rob Dow and Mark Hubbard and, and Dave Williams, who's the goalkeeper coach at, at UNH as well. So, just great people to learn from. Uh, I'm so appreciative of Mark and what he's, what he's done for me. And uh, he's the godfather of one of my kids. So it, it really is a, it's a special bond and that's just college in general. I have a special bond with my teammates and uh, it was new England college played here the other night and I got to see my old coach. So uh, you just create these special bonds in college and you just don't get that anywhere else. And uh, you know, I'm really appreciative of, of that. So the real big juicy question is, will you make any more trips to Canopy Lake before the year is over? <laughs> yes, because it's Oktoberfest coming up and uh, we literally live right down the road. And uh, now I have two little girls, uh, Lulu and Pippa, and my wife, Erin. And, uh, you know, we're very uh, fortunate to be where we're at. And uh, uh, they're special. It's just, you know, anytime you have kids in a family, it's 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 what brings you down. And like I said, last night was tough to lose, but uh you got to focus on them. You got to focus on getting them ready for school and really you losing doesn't matter. So it, uh, you know, life kind of keeps you, keeps your priorities in order. <laughs> well, best of luck, uh, the rest of the season, Josh, to you and the program. And we'll obviously be keeping tabs and, uh, we'll talk soon. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for everything you guys do. You promote all these schools. I can't thank you guys enough. It's, it's great for college and, and, and the program. Thank you. That's much appreciated. And, uh, take care. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. 
Thanks again to Josh Taylor for joining the podcast. I'm Matt Langoni. Thanks for listening. New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast is produced by Steve Safran and is a Siemens Media production. You've been listening to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast. Or visit anysoccerjournal.com forward slash podcast. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful.